0: Five, four,
1: three, two, one. All right, uh, my name's Chris Smith. I was the director of this film, and I'm here with...
0: Sarah Price, um, producer of this film, mm-hmm. though I didn't really produce it.
2: And uh, Mark Borchert, uh the subject matter.
0: And uh, Mike
3: Shank. I did the uh, soundtrack. And uh, also, I'm a second main character in the film. Second after who, Mike? After Mark.
1: All right. Um, so this is a uh, this is just part of a, a series. It seemed like every time we went to Mark's or he was going driving around, we filmed as much as we could just because it seemed to really show the atmosphere of the uh, of Milwaukee. And this was one of the only sequences that survived actually in the editing just because. It seemed like a great way to open the film with, with this, with showing Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, and Tom here, um, he, he stuck the whole project out, and that was great because, um, you know, he had stuff to do with his life, and he but he kept coming back to, and allowing me to, you know, to shoot him and finish the project with him.
1: Okay, right here, this is, I remember, this was one of the first actually, actual scenes that was filmed in Milwaukee before this we had done a uh done a, a trip to toronto where mark and i went up there to try to where mark was trying to raise money for northwestern that ended up getting deleted from the film but it um but this was the first scene actually the first i think roll of film shot in milwaukee where mark was getting ready to to, to try to make this radio show happen
2: and uh that motorhome right there is where i love to write in the summer my folks have it parked there um, I wouldn't be in the house or the phone was ringing or anything, so I really dug that motorhome and just riding out there. Uh, people walking around. I, I wish I could give them destinies, but I'm. Uh, I have to adhere to this keyboard. And this
1: is the uh, first frame of film rolled on Mike Shank. I uh, I hadn't even talked to Mike. I just he looked interesting. He was hanging around, and I remember I remember just setting up the camera on this tripod, and just he was standing there, and he just started talking. What were you thinking about then, Mike?
3: I I don't remember.
2: Any semblance of understanding whatsoever. I just made it up. I'm gonna write that down. Do you have any? Yeah, I dug these uh, Halloween shows I made uh, during Halloween season. I'm gonna do some more. Um, I just I just love the atmosphere and being with people and being in uh, that fall atmosphere.
3: That really makes my day. This was actually the
1: second radio show that Mark had done. He had done one the year before that he told me about. And when we were in Toronto, he told me he was going to be making this radio show. And um, actually, this was this is some of my favorite footage of the film, which was strange because I remember it was one of the worst days of filming just because I was doing, at the time, I was lighting it, doing sound and, and filming by myself. And then this was later that night when Mark was delivering the papers. He had been working at the Wall Street Journal for five years at this point.
2: and I thought... My God, what am I doing this for? You know. Yeah, I would always get carried away with uh, um, drinking and 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 doing that stuff while doing that that radio show, and that um, kind of affected the whole thing. But uh, I don't know, it's kind of cool at the time, I suppose.
1: I remember I got actually Mark's car
2: smelled like gas at the shoot. Yeah, you should have seen dude on his knees puking out in the street. Man, was that a pathetic sight? He was just this. <laughs> Little man gripping the side <laughs> of my car door, man, vomiting out on the street. Yeah, I got
1: I got physically sick from being in his car. It just smelled like gas, so, so strong.
2: And I finally asked Mark about it, and he's like, he didn't seem to notice. You know what makes me sad, though, about watching this particular opening is that I'm still opening the same bills face of the same bills, and it hasn't progressed, man, in the last four or five years now, man. $81, do- amount delinquent, $81.11, oh, man, resulting in a lien on any real... And this real
1: actually, that you the scene with Mark opening these bills here was the first scene that Sarah got involved in, did sound, which was roll 13, I think. I roll 13, that's pretty good. It was, I know it was. <laughs>
0: that's great.
2: Oh, my God, legal actions. Unbelievable. Man, who wants to be faced with this crap? Yeah, I can't let bills go anymore. They've they've cut off my phone again this year. I just can't let bills go like that, man. I gotta get a rain on it. Kick fucking ass! I got a Mastercard. Do you still have that Mastercard, man? Yeah, well that got maxed out, and that became a problem. <laughs> it was only 500 bucks too, and the only way they'd give me another card, a different company, was if I paid a whole 1,500 bucks up front. So I'm just kind of like borrowing against myself nowadays. For
1: the and the crew. So this was at the 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 onset of of Northwestern, and Mark was going out here to put up these signs to try to get people interested in making Northwestern. Cool,
2: right there. I move this sucker right there.
1: And him and I remember this day that is him and his mother just were were traveling around. You know, he was they were putting up signs all over town at restaurants and libraries and whatnot.
4: Yeah,
1: I don't think
2: I can and do that man, anymore.
4: He was filming and and that he was going to make movies, and so all
5: this. He used to have on his wall in his bedroom just a wall plastered with... Um, all of a sudden, dead silence.
0: <laughs> you want to say anything about Alex?
5: No, but this is, this is
2: Chris is really cool, man, and there's been a big ado about him wearing that Hooters shirt, and uh, it was just an arbitrary thing. Yeah, that was the thing
1: that always kind of bothered me most about that, is that uh, it was at a point in the film where we were really trying not to not to get involved as you know and, and Chris was he'd gotten that shirt from um from a barbecue contest cuz he does barbecuing and it was just a free shirt that he got and Hooters was sponsoring it with with Brunswick bowling and and I think the people get the wrong impression when they see that that shot which um is unfortunate cuz it was just a free shirt that and he just didn't care what he
2: was wearing you're going to be in a junkyard you know i don't to me, this is more like of a performance and an entertaining, entertainment thing, these uh, production meetings, because I don't think anything really got accomplished, man. Whatever the hell you throw in the wash,
6: he's like, okay, well, cool. Ken, uh, you know, I'm going to make a movie. He oh, goes, yeah, there's
2: art? Kenny Key, man. I've been hanging around with that dude for about 20 years at least. He was in uh, The Mortis uh my first horror uh, film. And, yeah, I got into a lot of trouble with that dude through the years. It was...
6: Scarier and it was uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was 11 years old. That's at
2: the local cemetery right there, Valhalla. <laughs> Beautiful um, blue skies right there.
3: Uh, the more the scarier three. What was that about? Um, that was about while well, we were riding into a cemetery. That's you know? back when you were really
2: yeah. drinking, though, eh, Mike?
3: Yeah, I used to slam vodka like water back then and used a lot of cocaine, acid, and uh, stuff.
2: What a joy, though, to edit this, man, with the smashing, just, you know, frame by frame, this attack right there. That was great. Oh, we were just at that haunted house last week, man. I took the kids and my brother, man. We went to three haunted bars and then checked out at that haunted house, man. Killer interiors. Rekha, you don't know too many people running haunted houses, right? In films, it's... Ad executives or whatever is this else. still a potential location for Northwestern Mark? yeah it, it it could be but um but we'll see but man that was that was a killer haunted house uh, two of my kids man they started freaking out and they ushered them out of the house you know they couldn't take it man it was scary this year Donna's scared as hell but uh, she made it all the way through you know, there's a bar right next door and there's a bar right across the street and there's Jupiter Saturn in the back I mean, this just looks right. I mean, this is perfect. I mean, the way I see it. And of course, there'll be a whole crowd of people here, so we got to make like a line. Man, with was the I game. talking Both stuff? Have a hell of a lot of assistant directors saying, hey, 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 could you step back like five feet?
3: I was reading uh, an interview of him, and he's going. So around. this
1: is Dean Allen, and uh, we actually filmed with Dean for the next year, a year and a half after uh, Northwestern falls apart, in the same way that we followed up Matt Wiseman, the uh, casting director. but. It just was getting to the point where there were too many tangents in the story, and so we ended up having to cut. We followed their lives at the same time as Mark's, but much less intensely. But it was uh, it was some really great footage, but it just was another thing that was making the film too long and, and too
2: tangential. I see i got a bigger what audience at this meeting. I've already got what's in between my hands. And right then, at that moment, people say, "My God, I'm glad I'm sitting here because I'm actually." I wonder what people were thinking when I when I was talking, man. Oh, that camera's no, broke now.
3: Um, my name is Matthew Weissman, and I'm working on. I'm working on a film. And so this title, was Matt, um,
2: and he was. uh...
1: That was great because he he was so enthusiastic about the project, but, um, after. Northwestern falls apart. Matt went on to make his own films. He'd been making them before, but he, he ended up doing this film of him shaving where he was filming himself, and it was uh, it was actually some really great footage, but um, it just, again, it was too tangential.
2: Yeah, we'd be partying during these uh, auditions.
7: Take a motherfucking
5: wild guess.
2: Well, look here, 186-minute phone call to California on primetime? What is that? they making a mockery out of my words, man. It's well, Mike, you got a beard there, man. Mike yeah. doesn't have a beard anymore. No. Well, you will. I'm gonna go in there flying, man. You
0: think this, and this is gonna spawn like your acting,
4: acting
3: you career?
2: What having a beard? <laughs> I hate what the fucking bill!
0: Um I'm calling you to let you know that there is a cast meeting tomorrow night. That's Greg Markovic. Uh, like like he's cool. We have to kind of, like, scrape together, and hopefully everything will collide and we'll make our deadline.
2: See, I come to the airport. All oh, time. yeah, yeah, that's a great place to go to Right, right there, man. Just, it's beautiful. And if you're hungry, it's, like, tough shit. You know, you can't start, stop and justify your... Inaccurate. They actually had a great... That bar right there is closed down now, it's... Um, That'd be great if they reopen it. You can see the whole airfield there. You know, it's just beautiful.
0: Mark, was that your Zephyr?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I delivered papers in. And yeah, that's it, man.
0: What happened to that car?
2: Well, actually, I had another car just like it, and we smashed that car at the drive-in. And when, we, when the tow truck driver came in, he was wondering what the hell all these dudes with black robes were doing in my smashed car. So he was a little be- uh, bewildered. It's just one of those things.
1: So anyways, uh, we've been asked you know, where, where the idea for the film came from, and it really wasn't ever an idea to follow somebody making an independent film. It was purely the idea that I ran into Mark, who was just beginning this journey to make this film, and that's basically how it started. And then as we started filming more and more and meeting more of the people involved, for example, Uncle Bill, it just seemed like there was no turning back just because it kept getting more and more interesting.
0: We filmed for two years and then edited for two years, so it was a four-year process.
2: Yeah, my uh, Uncle Bill and my dad are two different people entirely, man. Uncle Bill is cool, or was cool. He was really cool to hang out with, man. Uh, He just didn't uh, care about anything, man, as long as he didn't use too much of his phone or his electricity or stuff like that.
8: show you something, William. Mm. Mm, Talk dang. to me. Oh, wow. That's all right. That.
0: Wow. that really changes mind Mark.
2: Yep, this scene speaks bill. for itself. Oh my gosh. Okay, we can start then. Um, wow, well, I had these meetings all over the place, I guess. Does
1: this whole all seem like, seem like a blur, Mark? Oh,
2: yeah, I, I can't even believe all this happened, man, and I can't believe how... So much of this has ab- absolutely nothing to do with the the making of Northwestern. You know what I mean? This is all superfluous, so, seemingly. So I think Dean was getting frustrated
1: because uh, here the production was taking a, a turn for the in his mind for the worst. He saw, you know, he thought the strengths of Mark, the way that Mark made films was the chaos and the way that Mark it was a controlled sort of chaos, and he felt like it was getting limited here.
7: Exterior, night,
2: day. Oh, yeah, Tom's a real professional, but again you know i I operate in a different way, man I wanna film to me man goes along with the way you wanna live your life, man, and not like the strict uh containment
3: I'm really too sure,
2: yeah, Matt seems a bit uncertain here
6: so anyways
1: after after the radio show. That's when Sarah got involved, and, and basically it was, a, it was the crew consisted of myself and Sarah, and we felt like just having two people made it a lot more intimate rather than walking into their house with a, with a film crew and, and you know people doing boom and lighting. But it was really, they got to know us just as, as, as friends, and I think that made a big difference in, the, in what we were able to capture.
2: Yeah, that's a cozy bed, man. I really like that room. For the meeting tonight. Man, I got to get some information across.
0: So this is when a lot of people didn't realize, but you're living in your parents' basement at the time. Moved in there to help out with your financial situation.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: The other
1: thing you don't see here is uh I remember I, I shot the scene alone and I was and I showed up and, and uh this was I think yeah, near the end of the production meetings for Northwestern. And when I got there nobody was there and so as I was setting up I thought that it was just such a such a great end of the End of the line, just with Mark by himself. But then
2: all of a sudden, this guy straggled in. Yeah, I don't even know where all these people are nowadays, man. They're like ghosts of the past. But I thank him for helping me out, though. And at about 12:30, the realization seriously. I
1: remember actually on this day getting a call from Mark, and I think I have
2: absolutely no it just it, it just it hit him that it wasn't going to happen. Wow, I don't even remember most of this. This is, uh, you got a good memory. The casting hasn't even begun. The location... Seem a little bit lit there. ...at at best. Are you crazy? This is probably around
0: the time time when you told us Coven would take two weeks to finish.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where I got that from. (laughs) We
0: stopped filming then.
2: ...raw dog.
6: You know, he's pretty tall and and, and crazy looking. Uh, uh, I liked it. (laughs) He showed a lot of promise, uh, as far as uh,
8: schooling, that is, his testing was concerned, not that he was that great. Yeah, it's
2: as amazing how people can really get obsessed uh, with how you do in school as equating system that system with how you're a human being, man.
4: He dropped out of high school because he thought he didn't learn anything there.
5: Well, I didn't, man. His main asset is really just his mouth, his talking, and he can be pretty convincing, you know, because he's very assertive, very aggressive. And, um, but what he actually can do, I think, that he's just best suited for working in a factory, maybe. And Alex, at the the
1: time we were filming, was also living in the house. Yeah, that wasn't too cool, man. But Alex was was very quick to go to his room. Um,
0: But he granted us an interview after No, no,
1: he, yeah, he was really nice. He gave us an interview. He was always polite and courteous, but he just, he, he, um, I think he didn't, you know, there's a a lot of tension in the the kitchen and the living room. And I think he enjoyed just kind of going to the
2: room. Oh, yeah, he's going to love all this. This is ridiculous. We started May 94, man. We've got every F-stop known. So there's the a good story
0: behind this about where where we're shooting this, or where Chris was shooting this. Yeah,
2: this is another, um... well, Mark, do you remember? Yeah, this, this was going to be my location for the uh, speed dealer's house or where he hung out, and I went there. They okayed it. I went into the bar, and they said, yeah, you can shoot. They had a great uh, stair out, outside stairway, and uh, so I all of a sudden it burnt down a few days later, man, and there's the ruins.
1: So Mark was supposed to film a, a scene here the day that we were going to film. and
0: It was and called it, the Sea Biscuit, wasn't it?
1: You got it. That's actually where Kenny Keene used to live.
0: Above the Sea Biscuit, It was a yeah. bar, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So what ended up happening is we just came out here instead. Instead of me filming Mark doing a scene, we just have him talking about what it was supposed to be. But then Mark, in, in, uh, in true fashion, just kind of was tangentially talking about everything else. And that's where the scene came from, where the, the whole idea of standing in front of this burned-down building was to explain
0: that he was going to shoot a scene here.
2: So anyway, we're out here today to try to redeem it, get these establishing shots for Colvin, and, you know, do what you can. I
0: think you were you know, saying we're something America like, God, go. God.
2: he done something, man. God,
0: God raised his hand at that moment. He burned down your location the night before.
2: (laughs) He sure as hell did. (laughs) This is great. This is a subdivision now. This is what I'm talking about. All of these beautiful gray fields and that are being eaten up by the new subdivisions. So this is shot in a cornfield that exists no more. And that's why I want to keep shooting this stuff because it's quickly being uh, eliminated. uh, Mike, you want to talk about yourself there?
3: Yeah... Oh, I don't really know what to say about that. I'm just talking. I liked uh, the part.
2: Wait a second. This is a case in point, Mike. This drive-in that we shot in, it's gone, man. I was delivering the Wall Street Journal, and all of a sudden um, it ended at the drive-in, my route, and one morning it wasn't there no, no more The screens. It was really amazing, so I'm glad I, I shot at that drive-in. Sorry, Mike. Got to make money back on COVID. So when I did these figures, 500, 1,000, 2,000, and 3,000 units, right? I said, check this out. Fuck this, man. It's..." I'm sorry for... You know, I'm that, really in my own world, I think, a lot when you shot me.
0: Well, you were really determined. Oh, I still am. I'm going to yeah. get those
2: 3,000, man. You can count on that.
0: You still have that board?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, there's so much writing on it now, it's hard to erase all of the back print, man. So I had to get a new board. The ability to make Northwestern... Oh, that's mike that's you playing the guitar jack yeah do
3: you want to talk a little bit about this piece of music mike uh this is a four pig fugue by uh, Johann sebastian bach i um have about two thirds of it memorized right now which i can uh play with my eyes closed and that's the point of having me uh blindfolded playing it uh later on in the movie because uh I wanted to show people that I could do it blindfolded. I'm uh, working on memorizing the other third of that, four pigs fugue.
2: Man, this was an unholy extraction getting this account started, man.
0: What A was of the idea? Talk about the idea that you were trying to convince Bill that it's his account. It is
2: his account, and all I needed was an account that had Northwest Productions on it where I could... The checks that I got for the selling of the videotapes, there was no hooliganism involved. And I don't think that's what we meant it to be, but I think some people take it that way, that
1: you were bringing him to the bank to try to get something other than... No, I don't think... It's not... It doesn't come across that way in the film to us, but I'm just saying, I think some people think that, you know, you're taking Bill to the bank. Oh, absolutely
2: not. I've never taken Bill to the bank, except for that time, just to open up an innocent little account with Northwest Productions as the name. And that was so you could take checks for coven orders? Yeah, yeah, so people didn't think I was ripping them off, having them write check out, checks out the mark board man, and then cash them at the bar or something. You know, Northwest Productions, it was legitimacy at that point. Well, that's the whole deal, man. You got it. Wow, those cold, wintry gray days, man, I love them. You ever think about
8: that? <laughs> I am here because... <laughs>
0: Did you call Bill a cynic?
2: yeah yeah there's that the pervasive cynicalism, cynicism, pervasive sentiments. what the hell <laughs> <laughs> hey man oh yeah, hero is trying <laughs> hero is trying to cast you know extras and all of that stuff calling up the local rummies and that man
1: I think some people get confused <laughs> that you're talking to Mike and you're just calling him
2: charlie as as a phrase, <laughs> well that works too, man, but at least Mike could be there <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude, you got a pen? Can you get a pen? Yeah, I can't believe I'm going to have to go through this process again, man, for another two years. And you basically know how to frame shots? (laughs) I guess. Oh, not really. (laughs) But I mean, if you would see an action, you would kind of like centrifugally focus on it, it being in the center. Mike, yeah, would you centrifugally focus on it? it? <laughs> yeah. And fuck it, man. I think my mom's going to have to end up going out in the woods. I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I
4: have my shopping to do, and I have so much. I know. So it's the last
2: day I can shoot. All of the extras have just fell through, man, except for Mike Shank right there, all right? You gotta help me. There you go. You're a hero, but man. I yeah. have
4: so much to do. And I'm
2: doomed. I'm doomed. I'm but doomed. What am I supposed to do? Just stand there. So,
1: Mark, was your mom generally receptive to helping he you on these?
4: Sure
2: yeah, I think she just. Well, in the sense that she knew, she knew man, how uh, desperate a situation I was always in, man. So she was my ma. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we had to shoot the scene five different times over five different days, man. Something went wrong all the time. Whether a camera possibly freezing or it, it got too dark when we got there, it was a disaster one time after another.
0: You explain where these woods are? I mean, it's hard to find oh. a patch of woods anymore. <laughs>
2: oh, man, these are beautiful woods. Um, it's uh, Menominee Park um, out in Menominee Falls. And uh, I go here to write, too, man. And we go walk around the quarry, me and the kids. Either you bring some coffee out there or you bring some beer, and it's just, it's just beautiful. In fact, I got a scene in my next film I'm going to shoot out here by the quarry. I'm just going to go wide on you. I mean, that was one of the best things yeah. about making this
1: was was you always mean to get out to the woods or go out and walk around? But it, but it, but by filming Mark, we were forced to go out there. It was so kind of breathtaking to be out there.
2: Oh yeah, those robes, man! That was an ordeal. Making them, going out to find the material, begging people, uh, yelling at uh, a, a couple of people, please! You got to make these robes for me, man! What an ordeal!
0: This is also the day where the camera was jamming. Our camera was jamming, right?
1: Those is when I uh, I dropped a lens in the, in the snow, snow. <laughs> and I put it back on our camera. And if you look very close at the scene, especially on film, you can see that there's there's bands of clear and there's bands of fog. And it and it um, and I, and I was convinced that the footage was ruined by the end of the day, just because I finally, I remember looking at the front of the camera and, and cleaning the lens and looking and noticed that after it had fallen in the snow, it was put back on the lens, and in the and it. There was some warmth in there, and, it, and the condensation made the, the actual lens fog, and so it was... A, it
0: was also still wet. It was so hard to yeah. get it dry.
2: So this is when your car still ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, it just uh, ended up in the driveway. My dad started getting mad, man, and uh, they towed it away. I remember that was actually... I, was, I mean, it, it was what it was, but at the same time, I was always disappointed because that car had so much character... You know, if I had a second chance, I would have never have gotten rid of it. And I just got Bill's money just when that car was being towed, man, where I could have just parked it anywhere. Damn. It's going to be flatter, a lot flatter, less obnoxious than this. He wants to have the good life eventually. No, 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 let me amend that. That's not what I really meant. I want to be able to pay bills, not bruise my legs on coffee tables and stuff like that where you're walking into everything. That's what I mean. Not to have mansions, but, yeah, pretty decent house.
0: This is one of my most favorite soliloquies of yours, Mark.
2: I'm not that turned on by it, but I guess it's good, especially when I say that and throw the paper, like a scrub. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about the papers and how they've...
0: Your paper route.
2: Oh, yeah, I've I've had a paper route since I was 12 years old, and, man, I just couldn't get into that 9 to 5 stuff, so I'd I'd always be going looking for uh, paper routes. And this particular paper out out in Menominee Falls was so beautiful. It was at night with no traffic, no cars, listening to the radio, throwing papers. Man, I lasted for five years, man. That, but then not sleeping at night just wears you down after a while. Oh, and there's uh, my uh, ex-girlfriend Joan in a a junkyard.
5: Asking for a uh, junkyard. there's actually
0: several You got to know her through the production, right? She came to the meetings, too? Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. So she was cool, and it all worked out because we had something in common, you know? And, and that's what made the whole thing good. Oh, she's uh, helping on the film, man.
5: And if he's able to even do 25% of what he says, it is more than what most people accomplish. He's got a goal, and he's going after it one way or another, and um, he's going to achieve it. Don't push
2: me, you. Why? Oh, there's Don, Stevie, and Dara, man. Yeah, I love those kids. Hey, little Demi.
8: Hey,
6: what do you say?
2: Like I say, man, you want to turn the TV off. You don't want the television to rot their brains, man. It's the worst thing of all.
3: what And Mike,
2: where'd that shirt come from?
3: My mom painted that shirt. She's an artist. She's been painting for a long time.
2: Yeah, your mom makes some good She's shirts, man. Lots yeah.
5: Of when kids.
2: <clears throat> and, um,
5: sometimes it's not broken off.
2: And how did the junkyard factor into Northwestern? Because the lead character in Northwestern, the guy in Northwestern, the alcoholic, the writer in Northwestern works at a junkyard, and junkyards are so atmospheric, man, and beautiful. So I thought, let's put him there. That little clip of them
1: walking was actually from, um, we went out to, to, uh, film Mark was going to watch, um, I think it was Dawn. Yep. In a race. Oh, that was a
2: disaster. And we got there too late, but that's where that was from. And here's Uncle Bill's, uh, trailer court, trailer number 13, which they since have, uh, taken away into the sunset. Yeah, going over to Bill's, man, that was great. Dude, it was so mellow. The world is yours. What are you doing? And this is where Bill wouldn't let us use our lights because he uh, he was afraid of the uh, that it would cost him too much when the electricity bill came. And the phone was always a hassle. I you know I can't even technically understand how you, all you could have was a twelve dollar phone bill and he'd still be bitching about that. I I I'd, I'd do the Irish jig, man, if I had a twelve dollar phone bill.
0: Well, good news, Bill. But he saved everything. I mean, he was a, a miser, but he he. He saved everything your mom gave us a tour of his refrigerator he still had cans of Oh those are beans. Collect, yeah collector can <laughs> from beans from the 60s now. and yeah. 70s Yeah you
2: yeah those are collector's items now he had in his fridge How did Bill get his money Mark? He worked in uh, construction and he just saved it man he didn't spend anything man he just saved it So it just kind of accrued interest in just by putting it away And what was all the stuff in his place? All of this uh, paperwork and weird odds and ends and just... I don't think he believed a word I said here. I think he says that. Actually, no, it was on a
1: different take. Um, This was like a 10-minute conversation that was great between them, but we just excerpted this one, one clip here, but at the very end of it all, I remember Bill looking over at Mark and said, I don't believe a word you said...
0: Healthy skepticism.
2: Yeah, that's that's what it is, Sarah. Healthy skepticism. That's good. Red or white wine? Red or
8: white?
2: Yeah. Now you're thinking. It was always
1: great going over to Bill's, though. It was it was just such a great time. Yeah, I really dug going over there. That was
3: cool. That's me playing a song that I wrote called uh, Hopping on Mellow Stones. That's the only original song that I uh, used in the movie. Wow.
0: That was a blueberry muffin that Don was pounding into the clapboard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I remember you getting mad, Chris, because that dude was using all the colored gels and added, even though it was a black and white film, <laughs> screwing up your schematics. Oh, yeah, here comes the infamous cupboard stuff.
5: So Do-
2: Dean was no longer working on the
1: production, but he was, um, oh, that's where our negative cutter, if you look really closely, she uh, she accidentally cut one of our shots in half, and so there was a jump right there, a jump right there. But um, yeah, Dean wasn't really working on the uh, film anymore, but he would still show up once in a while to give his
2: support. Bill looks like a producer here. That's what he was. Yeah, I don't know, unknowingly or knowingly, you got me. Boy that that boy just didn't believe a thing, did he
0: <laughs> But he always showed up.
2: Yeah, that's good that's what counts, man <laughs> He
0: always was with you.
2: That's what counts.
0: He was in the the woods with a Coven robe on wasn't he running yeah, after you Yeah, you
2: know I don't even know how that came about man. That's a long trek in the woods. Finalized the kitchen get the props set and all of that stuff We're ready for Tom's close-up and we got to keep moving man we got to move. Oh yeah you can see it's summer there you can see my skin has been sun. I was just wondering on here, Mark, it seems like you're tan. It seems like it's backwards. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, that's a weird thing to talk about, but you're right. ...a little bit more and just make the best of it that you can.
7: I was actually looking at the storyboard here. I hadn't looked at it since yesterday, and refreshed my memory about... Poor Tom.
0: He's been through this before.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know how it feels to be on the receiving end of getting whacked into a cupboard.
0: Wasn't he supposed to have a beard in this scene?
2: Yeah, there may have been a problem with that, too. There just was a lot of weirdness and continuity.
7: Got right the first time. Art. Mike, take it easy. Let's not go through. Hey, man, space. what the fuck's the
2: matter with you, man?
7: Man.
4: And you didn't.
2: Oh, you did. That's me. my parents' kitchen right there. Yeah. We didn't move out. No. Okay, we got to move out, man. Right.
0: All right. We're gonna you need- want to talk about acting and directing at the same time?
2: Yeah, that was really out of control, man. Because there was so much out of control elements behind the camera, um, that I that I couldn't control, man. And uh, yeah, that was, that, that, that was a trip, man.
1: Now this was in the basement, which everybody gets confused between the basement
2: and the garage. Yeah, you could almost buy that—that's the garage, but that's our laundry room. Yeah, the reason why I'm st- sitting or standing there drinking is because I like to get alone and away from everybody and get a little bit of peace. That's me
3: listening to uh, Abaka tape. Well, a
7: little late here, and I uh, am getting set up for the last shot. We always, I always give a finite time that I'm going to end so I can get out of here at a reasonable time, but I'm also aware that uh, it's kind of Mark's dream to finish the film, and so I try to strike a balance and, you know, not split too early. Well,
2: thank you, Tom.
6: There's a, a door that Steve, Tom Shimos is going to get his head put through. I uh, put a few scores in here. To,
0: uh, Has Kenny scored that before? Um, I mean, I, he he scored the boards the last two times you filmed it, right?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I believe so. So there should have been some prior knowledge to uh, the depth of the scoring, and
0: it was a thicker board.
2: Yeah. I, I I mean, I feel sorry now in retrospect <laughs> for the dude. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, he he cracked that though.
0: I wonder why you made him do this again before you tested it.
2: Well, I think that he, I figured he got a little bit more closer to breaking <laughs> it, but man, that didn't happen. Yeah, Tom, I'm sorry, man. I didn't really mean that. See my knuckles bleeding the right test. there. Hey, you
1: don't, what you don't see before this is Mark hit, hit that like 10 times in a row. This is
2: going to be like, take some shit. Oh, it Get seems it. like the boys are getting it right.
0: Kenny never seemed to apologize about that. He just thought something else was wrong.
2: (laughs) And the scary thing about it, he could have hit some of the water pipes, man, which they ain't going to (laughs) break.
0: Didn't anybody measure that? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I just dumped Hershey's
2: syrup on that dude, man. But in black and white, it looks like blood, man. And if it gets in his mouth, he can lick that off, you know?
0: It was in his ear, right? Didn't you yeah, have to give oh, him Q-tips to get oh, it out yeah, of his yeah, ear? Yeah.
3: looks pretty much like blood and color, too.
2: <laughs> I can't believe there's so much talk about the pronunciation of the title of the film, man. I never got that. Well, the funny thing was that while they were
1: doing the trans, trans, um, spotting and continuity for the film to be translated in other languages, they called me up and said... I'm sure there's people out there that think "Coven" is an incorrect pronunciation of uh, of the word, but it's actually an acceptable pronunciation. It's just the less less used one.
2: Damn right. There's something cinematic about it. It's like oh man, there's the cemetery. Um, Since I was uh, 14 years old, that's where I'd be filming. And uh, I tell you, whether it's gray skies or sunny skies, you know, just to go out there with your camera, grab some beer, and just walk around, man, and frame all these shots or be with your friends man we've been we got chased by the cops with spotlights through there all kinds of stuff man climbed on top of the morgue in a in a a mega rainstorm all kinds of stuff years old man they'd start coming after you so you'd get out here into the cemetery with your beer and your film camera and you were one with the world and equal with
5: the world. It was a vast work field. You'd always say that he was going to be a common... How far
2: blocks. was the cemetery from your house? Oh, it's only like about uh, six blocks or so.
5: ...envious of him. It just made, at least me anyway, just feel kind of sorry for him, pity him that he felt that way. I actually think Alex's
2: interviews
1: function really well to give kind of the, the counterpoint to, to some of the things that were happening.
3: Oh,
2: absolutely, absolutely.
3: That's the list. That's Mark's... Uh, the mother of Mark's kids. You, is someone is slicing up there.
2: Dawn of the Dead, Night Living Dead, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
3: The thing I didn't like about this, Mark, was in that. Yeah. I
1: mean, the thing is that you don't do things, you know, by route. Rote. You know, rote. Wrote. <laughs> no, rote wrote. Route or rote. Anyways, but, it, but, but in that in that list of films, you, you mentioned three horror films, and I think that, you know, other times I'd heard you mention so many other,
7: what other, are your, other influences.
0: What yeah. are your other influences? I mean, Wells. Oh,
2: yeah, Wells, Polanski, Scorsese, Woody Allen, uh, Fellini, Bergman, and um, Kubrick. Yeah, I'd be doing some crazy stuff, man.
3: This is uh, my favorite of all the uh, older films that Mark shot, I Blow Up.
2: Yeah, this was a trip, man. This was so gross. I shot it in Kenny's basement, and that's a calf tongue flying out of my mouth, man. I picked up at the grocery store. That was sick. I wanted to vomit all over the place. I don't even know what I was thinking. We yanked it out with a fishing line, man, to make it fly out. I mean, I'd probably get high a lot back then, though, too.
0: Your kids just said that you took them to Apocalypse Now.
2: Oh, yeah, man. You want to start them right off the bat with the right stuff. And yeah, there's Chris making some familial comments and that. Yeah. A excitable. Um, no, Chris is a good friend of mine, man. He's, you know, he's, uh, we get along really good. And he just move back to Milwaukee? Yeah, absolutely. Ten years in the Air Force. That's why he has short hair back then. So basically when we were filming,
1: it uh, the first year was pretty sporadic. It was maybe once or twice a week. But then once after the, um, the, head to, the head into the cabinet scene, it really picked up, and we were filming almost every day, if not every other day.
5: was completely withdrawn from the family.
1: This is about in fall is really when it started to pick up, and from here until the end of the film, it was, it was really full-time.
3: What well, wasn't in the movie what I wish would have been in the movie is where I won $1,000 on a lottery ticket one time. I won a 200 once. I won 105 times. What was the total, Mike? The total, I'd say, at least three, four thousand.
7: In won? winnings
3: that I've won, excluding, of course, what I lost. What did you lose? I, I lost. Well, actually, there's probably a very fine line between winning and losing. So fine that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, matter to take the energy to try and quit. It's better than using drugs or alcohol because when you use drugs or alcohol, especially drugs, you always lose.
1: I think some people think that's an ironic statement.
3: I almost died from a $4 hit of acid one time.
2: How long have you been straight? Four years. How does your sponsor gamble? No, yeah, dude, go. you're in so what many anonymous groups, man. You're pretty well anonymous these yeah. days. Well, without being in those, there'd be no way I'd be
3: straight today.
2: Yeah, I can't believe it. I was just looking at uh, tax problems again um, a matter of days ago. Yeah, the IRS is really going to be pissed this year. You're
0: coming out of it though a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta (laughs) learn, man, to
2: to to jump on these bills and taxes and all of that stuff. Well, I hope they're not going to be that pissed.
4: No, he said this is enough now because he owes him so much.
2: I'm not interested. Yeah, I was borrowing bits and pieces of cash off my dad just to order a roll of film here, a roll of film there, man. So, uh, but he helped out.
0: What people don't see, too, is that we were going through a similar time. We were running out of film a lot and having to piece together some money to buy the film, but we never processed it till after we finished shooting.
5: Okay. I don't know what this is cool that you had that in
2: here with the leg stabbing and that. I um, got a pair of my jeans and that, stuffed it with newspapers and then like a hard cardboard roll to to, to contain the mass. And uh, there's Kenny Keene, man. I think we used, like, uh, flour and water on his face and just let it dry and took him out to the cemetery.
0: Is he supposed to be a zombie?
2: Yeah, something like that, a dead Cretan, something like that.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: What was the name of the Leaf movie? Oh, it, I, oh A Grave Mistake. Yeah, I, I still have... Well, I can't finish it now, man. It's is 20 years later, but I, I would have liked to finish it.
3: This story about how I met Mark...
2: Yeah, you know, I don't even remember that.
3: I remember it very clearly. Because no one else would drink vodka. Everyone wanted to stick to beer. I wanted to drink vodka, and you wanted to drink vodka. So that's how we became friends.
2: Yeah, I cut the hard liquor stuff out, man. I'd be blacking out before noon, then getting back up in the afternoon and drinking again, man. That ain't It's just not right.
3: Yeah, we'd share a fifth of vodka and get slammed, and Alyssa would get so mad at us. She'd, I remember one time <clears throat> she was um, so mad that she's pushing uh, Dawn <clears throat> when she's a baby down the middle of the street screaming at Mark for a drinking vodka.
2: And here, um, this is really serious. I had nobody else to help film, and uh, my little boy Stevie had to do that. So that was this was, a, uh, again, an act of necessity, man, having the kids help out.
0: But you've been priming them to help you on as they get older, right? No, they yeah they have to,
2: man. <laughs> man, I brought them into the world. They owe me something, man. Because uh, you know I won't marry her because Joan's around. I mean she's living. So, with but um, yeah, I mean years. now that they're growing older, they can ca- help uh, carry heavier stuff or you know um, help uh,
0: set up lights. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm dead serious, man. You don't spend your days lazing around in front of the TV. They got to help out on this stuff. And I'm telling them, man, you know, that this that's the deal.
0: Have any of your kids wanted, have they expressed an interest in doing anything like this?
2: Yeah, yeah, here and there they have. But I think as they mature, man, they can formulate that uh, they're true, what they truly want to do better, obviously, as we move ahead in life here. So it's like if she I mean, I change them diapers and everything, man. They're going to help carry the camera around once in a while. I can't even believe she would say shit like that. I mean, that's crazy. I love my kids, man, and I want to be a good father. You know, I'm trying to get all this shit done. What's that, Chris?
1: You know, I, I remember that when we started the scene, it was—it wasn't that big of a deal because we walked outside. But as it went on and on, because you talked here for a while, it just—it got really cold really quick.
0: And your mic dropped. Wow. It was around your stomach. <laughs> I was just wondering why it sounded so awful. Bill. So Where here's are Thanksgiving. You?
2: Yeah, this always seemed, no, this is good here with Bill. Um, yeah, Bill had these songs, right? Yeah, and actually, um, Chris is still making me go out to the garage to look for the songbook, and I right. still think I have it somewhere, but our garage is so messy. You know, 25 years of garbage in that garage, man, we can gnarly park a bike in there. But I'll find that book, Chris, if it if it exists. Can you talk a little bit about his songs? Yeah, Bill would be uh, writing songs, man, in that trailer, and that uh, which was really a trip. But uh,
0: they were love songs, right? Yeah, he would, yeah
2: he was always a romantic at heart, and be writing love songs in that trailer. So he had that book was three songs by me. Yeah, the
1: name of it, and it was uh, it had three of these songs. So that was one of them that he that he sang for us. And the other one, I think, if I remember, it was called Hatsi Tatsi Nagasaki.
0: Yeah, 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 something like that. It's, it's, they're about all his girlfriends I mean he had many yeah, girlfriends yeah, right yeah he's sort yeah, of a ladies man in his day
2: yeah 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 and uh, but uh, they'd be bitter romances most of them.
1: I loved all the stuff he had in there. It was just so was so cinematically it was it was so interesting to look at
0: Again, we couldn't use lights in this in his place. He wouldn't let us use lights because it would take up electricity which costs money.
2: Yeah, there's the uh, corner liquor store. And so then Bill got schnapps there. Yeah, he got schnapped up all right.
0: This is your first time right, making a turkey. Sup,
2: man, yeah, I never made turkey or food before, and I, I started getting really hammered in this scene, man. As you can tell.
0: So where did everyone go? You were?
2: I don't know. I think my parents went out to eat. Yeah. Okay, um, it's a good time. I mean, they would not hang around with me. You can count on that. I wonder whose little car that is, Chris. That's
3: <laughs> mine. Wow.
1: and that shot was <laughs> grabbed out of the window as they were leaving would the front like window.
2: Yes, well, Mark and Bill
1: were sitting right to the right on the what couch. What
2: would you like, Ed?
8: Well, I like to have a peppermint schnapps with with Sprite and, a, and ice in it, and. And two gobs of
2: it. That um, mixing stick he has what with the shark place? right there, or that fin right there, um, we've had that all of our lives in the liquor cabinet for like 25 years. I'm when I when I get home, I'm taking that blue shark, that mixing stick out, putting it in my bedroom so it doesn't get lost. I really have fond memories about that mixing stick. Willie, you ready to take bath now, Yes,
0: This is one of my favorite scenes. To me, I think it shows it. You really care for Bill, and, and you're the only person who would be giving him a bath or washing his clothes.
2: Yeah, actually, this scene doesn't strike me as being that psychologically dark. It's like when I was oh. arguing with my parents or swearing in my parents' kitchen really drunk. That's that's the dark scene that me No, this me is
0: beautiful. You're, you're caring for your uncle.
2: Right, right, right. You know what, though, makes it dark is that, that, that sense that I'm in, in, intoxicated. There's a darkness toward that in me. It's not a, like a fun intoxication. Mm-hmm. Maybe because it's nighttime. I don't know.
6: I think you're done here. No, you've got to do
8: my back part.
2: Well, you got to lift your back up. What am I doing? I'm washing Bill's clothes. Fucking. I mean, there's
0: really nobody else to do that for him, right? Yeah, he didn't wash ba- his own clothes. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean, that's basically correct. I think people have these really... A lot of people have these really homogenized you know motives. Like they don't go outside that yeah, periphery. Right. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's gonna clean somebody else's clothes, you know. But man, don't you like clean clothes yourself? You know.
5: With his peppermint schnapps.
2: Yeah, well, that was his idea. She probably was taking this a little oh, bit better God. that uh, you guys were here. That I was drinking. You guys were probably a good buffer in a lot of situations. I'm
3: monitoring <laughs> that also funny about that. Uh, come
2: on, yeah man he showed me some wicked ass toenails i remember as a kid man i didn't even know they could get that bad they were wicked man he ought to have used some of that money just to at least to get a new toenail they probably could have done that kind of stuff you know
0: and after the bath bill was here taking a nap because his clothes weren't dry right
3: Face.
8: Yeah, what the uh, hell happy.
3: you got to say for yourself, happy man? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. man. What do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, nothing, really. What do you got in that bag? Soda. Soda? Yeah. Mike, well, what you're were you thinking you here? I was just thinking that Mark oh, was really scary. drunk yeah. <laughs> and that I just walked into a situation where Mark was really drunk.
0: You do you find now, it funny because yeah. you're laughing?
3: <laughs> yeah, I found it kind of funny because, yeah, yeah, I found it kind of, because Mark's always but giving you know, me a hard time about soda, you know, and so hard to accept that you know people think that I have a, a problem with soda when they're you know when they're all blitzed on alcohol you know. Yeah,
6: have seat, Bill. Dinner served. Huh?
2: Yeah, Kenny Keen is that take charge kind of guy. Your the
6: table. You're executive producer. Okay, Bill, what you need? You
0: need some peas, corn, potatoes, turkey. What do you think, Bill's thinking there? Where where are his clothes? <laughs> Put me in my pants at least. <laughs> But if I remember, they were still drying. It just yeah. took them a while.
1: And, Mike, didn't you have like three Thanksgiving dinners that
3: day? I had four Thanksgiving dinners that year. I had uh, one at home, one at Mark's house, one at Mark's uh, girlfriend's house, and uh, one at the, the AA club where I go to. Dude, I
2: see great cinema. Man, I can't believe I get smashed like this, man.
0: Bill's quite the one on the, the floor, though. <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember this was
1: um, mm-hmm. so another case where we were whole life so low on film, and it was just so frustrating because we we had shot the beginning of the night, and we had like maybe I remember it was like sixty feet a uh, sixty foot short end that this commercial right. company had given us that was years old, and and that was what that was on, but it was uh it was kind of like we had a minute of film left. And it was, uh, and that was what what we got. But it was frustrating just because it seemed like the night was still going on, but this is this is as much as we could yeah, get.
2: Face up to who I am and shit like that, but I can't. I don't know. Yeah, this stuff to me is rather dark stuff, man.
1: Well, this is when you hit bottom. I mean, this I'd never seen you this bad as this particular night. I don't think you really see it in the film here. But uh, what happened was, I went down to say goodbye to Mark, and he was just sitting there, and he was just was. At his lowest, lowest that I had ever seen them. Depressed. Yeah, just really depressed, and uh, we quietly tried to set the camera up behind him. And uh, actually, we didn't even have our camera at that point, and so we, we loaded Mark's camera and just set it up behind him and just started rolling while he was telling us what was going on.
3: Yeah, but all your, all your. Th- your
2: this stuff about the uh, where the ideas come from has been a sore spot with Mike, so I'm not going to really bring it up, Michael. Right? Yeah. Okay. But in reality, man, this has caused to uh, some harsh uh, argumentation over this uh, Black Sabbath song. Is that correct?
3: Well, it's actually not a Black Sabbath song. It's actually I use one word. From a Black Sabbath song, the word "insane," Mark implicated that I was stealing their whole song.
2: Not that you were word steal- for word. Not that you were stealing it, but well, again, like I said, it's nothing to bring up here. But it yeah. was, it's like, uh, uh, you know, I disagree, and maybe someday we can just play yeah. those two songs together.
1: Right. What was the name of the other song, Mark?
2: Am I going insane? <laughs> what was the name of Mar- Mike's? Was I going insane? See, he doesn't even think it's funny, man. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. It's just commentary.
0: Well, on the positive side, here's when you're saying you were so depressed, and the only thing that put a smile on your face was Mike.
2: Yeah, that, that's right, Mike. Yeah.
3: Mike, did you notice that Mark was feeling down here? Uh, I don't remember. That's too far back. I don't really know. It's like I'm thankful that I won 50 bucks, you know, the other day.
2: Thankful. You seem like a really mellow fellow here. Yeah. Thankful for all the food that I've Yeah, we got a whisker, whisper because um, my parents would always be telling us to shut up. And be Alex, sleeping too. At ni- oh, yeah, man. He was
0: on his banging on
2: the Oh, banging on the door. I, 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 didn't, I didn't even want to wake up tomorrow morning. Yeah, what a tense situation, living at my folks like that. Too. I'm thankful that
7: Mike came over
2: and he put a smile on my face. This shit. That's you, Mike. Yeah. Let's see what Winner brings us here. Oh, yeah, this is footage I shot from Northwestern about in 1990. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. man, I wish I would have finished that film then, man. What an My accomplishment that would have been. Well now I got a second before. chance 10 years yeah. later. We actually used a homemade the dolly for this. Right I kind of like this shot. That is really, really. That's really, really cool with that handheld with the wheelbarrow, but it's going to be smoothed out, you know. But at least you I was started out.
1: Started shooting this six years ago.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, man. Why and why I felt it? it many years before that, many years before that. And why'd you stop? And that's uh, shooting inside the junkyard right uh, there. I and think then. The f- obviously, there's got to um, be some fear, like like um, if you actually go ahead and do See, it. See this? Is what sucks about filming out in the sun? You get these really bright spots 20 and 20 hard dark shadows. That's why I like shooting with gray skies. It's that beautiful, even, diffused light. I I think
0: this scene was included, too, to show that you had started this years before. This is something that you've been working on for a long time. Um, You already had some footage, and it was just a matter of trying to finish Coven to get the money to get back to that. Don't
2: stop till I say cut. Roll it.
0: You feel like you had to remind yourself? what you were going through all this for? As in Northwest? Yeah, watching some of that footage. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I cannot be dead center in the frame. In front of my sight of vision, that should occupy more of the frame than the back of my head. Yeah, I remember telling people time and time again how to frame shots because they had never used a film camera before or understood about Framing man, so I just would pull people aside and draw pictures. This, this is how you, uh, you know, shoot a scene and stuff like that. Because I, you know, a lot of times I didn't have people that had done this before. Cut. Am I framed up?
4: Yeah, oh, no, I see
0: there's a
2: frame there. Yeah, see, man, my hair's all messed up. Well, I guess that's good though, because it's a fight scene.
0: Why'd you do this over again because of your glasses?
2: Um, I think one time I had my glasses on. Oh, yeah, that was a big disaster. I shot all this stuff with my glasses on, and what a mess. And nobody would care, man, because if I'd be shooting with my glasses on, people would be drinking and partying, and the continuity person, if there ever was one, would be partying. And so glasses on, glasses glasses off, man. Nobody cared, man.
4: So you got out of the frame several times, and then you jumped in again. Gosh, it's so uncomfortable here. Did I turn the
2: camera off? Yeah. But I didn't say cut. No, cut. Excellent. Okay. <clears throat> okay. You don't want to roll this, honey? Yeah, so I just, like, anybody I could get, man, i had shoot the film, and then I'd line up the shots sometimes for them, and then get in front of the camera. Good morning, Monica.
6: Um, Mark just wanted me to call to let you know what was happening. Right. And then we're going to come over by you and finish something up over there, something with the car.
4: Joan came, and I was here. and left. Oh, yeah,
1: this is always a dark scene. Yeah, I remember this. I was uh, filming alone this day, and it was, uh, I just remember thinking, like, it was a really low point for you, and it was... uh, one of the few times that Sarah wasn't there, but I, I remember just trying to capture everything with the sound recorder on my side and the camera on my shoulder. And just, it was just it was just such a pain in the ass that day. And it just seemed like everything was going going wrong. It was started out so, so so you know, it was just you were going there to get this last shot of the film.
2: Yeah, man, I don't want to go through dark times like that no more. I'm sick of all of that crap, man. I want my life to be happy at least for more of a majority of the time. grim and dark man that's all I remember about this stuff what are you doing here? I want to have a cool girlfriend man cool um, times and none of this crap anymore Rolex, be the last take of the... but you can you can never predict life man ain't that right Mike you know, I, right. I, don't know. I get the uh, you know kind of weird to while living at home in your parents basement totally broke Trying to make a movie, having all of this stuff going, on, man.
3: Would it be cool if I took a cigarette break? That'd be cool.
6: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> alright, thanks. <laughs> it's between sitting on the air... Wait, wait. Okay, alright,
2: okay. Okay. Cool. Actually, that should be in the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's how Mike uh, goes through movies, don't you? Rate them with how many cigarette cigarette breaks you have to take. Yeah.
3: Oh, between.
2: All right. Okay. So anyway, my mom's taking a photo of the last day. I I think I just saw those photos a number of weeks ago. I never saw them before. I'm glad we got that. You know what though? I think seriously that everybody goes through ups and downs, and this is just a part of life. But you do what you can. So you don't knowingly get yourself into those situations. Maybe that's the lesson of all of this darkness in these scenes.
4: I don't. I don't think so.
1: So there's another running theme of this whole film was just Mark. The only thing he took time out to do was to watch the football games, and it was the Packers were the underdog that year. So we thought it was an appropriate running theme of of him uh, watching the Packers as they went on to win the Super Bowl.
2: You get settled now. Yeah, here's me uh, doing some ADR work. Okay, Robert, you ready? Powers, you belong to us. Yeah, Robert's a really great guy. He really stuck through this whole thing. He's helped me out on so many productions.
0: He's a trained theater
2: actor,
0: right? A thespian, yes.
2: Oh, there's, uh, the family looking in, uh, amusement. Additional dialogue recording. What's additional dialogue recording? When the original dialogue recording while the camera was running is not good enough because of camera noise or extraneous noise. You must be recorded in a more subtle environment.
0: So these were, this got to the point in the production where we were over at Mark's house just sort of hanging out, um, for hours and hours and hours, we would spend, you know, you up editing, to 12 you know, hours the more the towards the end, but right now, this, this is time. when Mark started it's just really time going full-time, there. so we had to go full-time with him. The
2: whole day, staying overnight, boom. We're doing what? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, writing? like, that whole editing process now, how many months and months and months and months it took,
3: yeah.
2: and that's where we do it, right there. And it's great to have friends like Mike and then my daughter right there keeping you company. I mean, there's nothing like it in the world because it's just a lonely, cold little room you're working in. And how did you get access to the uh, facilities there? Um, Well, just taking a class, you know, and uh, for the prime purpose of just using the equipment.
3: It's my second favorite scene in the film because I can actually... Do that's uh two thirds of a four pigs fugue by uh, Bach that I can do with my eyes closed. What was around your eyes? That was a uh, blue belt, a uh, blue karate belt.
2: Because you're
3: a blue belt, right? Yeah, and taekwondo and kenpo Oh goju. Well, that's definitely a sign of voodoo. Why is it a sign of voodoo? It's an unnatural cross. Yeah, that's Mark. the editing room right not there. And okay. actually, what, what had happened
2: was we'd be in there so much, other people wouldn't out even out reserve house? time there anymore. They just let us have that room, man. The boss looked at me in the eye and said, Mark, I hope this is the beginning. Yeah, and I hope no one takes this wrong when I'm talking. I, I, it was great, the, the guys I worked with at the cemetery and all that, but it's just not what I wasn't was going to do for the uh, rest of my life man year year it was it was great to work there but uh, no way I it, so I don't mean to, uh, to don't bring any offense to course. anybody here Give this a handful of weekends man and it's out well I had a lot of time to think about things man when I was vacuuming those hallways man it's like an airport like uh, concourses I mean there were so many of these rooms I had to vacuum man it was a trip
1: I remember they didn't let us use a tripod in here because somehow that would have made us professional and we they didn't they didn't want us to use one so that was balanced on my leg.
2: Are you Wow, is that that is steady, Chris. Yeah. This was a real pain though because during the summer you had to come after you were done from work, you had to come back and close the gates like 3 4 hours later. You had to close the gates when it got dark out. So I worked here for 1 year.
0: a little confusion about these flowers
2: yeah well Chris and you Sarah are showing a little of the romantic side here or something like that but unfortunately it's cemetery flowers
1: it's a thought that comes
2: right? yeah I guess ultimately it is especially when you can't afford something like that
5: right
0: so did you take the flowers or were they
2: <laughs> oh no 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 I don't know Somehow, somebody must have looked at those flowers and said, I don't know what these are doing, where they came from. And I probably said, hey, man, can I have them? And they probably said, yep, just take them. Otherwise, we're tossing them. Mm -hmm. There's the kids playing around with the steam back. And the rewinds. Hey, hey, now watch out, man. Yeah, that was great that they'd uh, sweep over at the uh, editing room. What What a great comfort to have them there. Yeah, and I was just riding around with Donnie and she she said shit again a few weeks ago without even realizing it. Poor, innocent young girl. Dirtied by the world. <laughs> did you? <laughs> huh? No. Did I? I, I? Yeah, you did. I just wanted more, to
1: do... Were those the sleeping bags that you were leaving down there? No.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't even know where we got that stuff from. I think that sleeping bag may have been Jones. Um, I, I don't know even... That's what we slept on. I wish I would have kept that stuff, man. That last night exterior
1: always bothered me because it was actually an exterior from the summer, but we just didn't have anything from from the winter at night, and so we had to throw that in there.
2: My dad has always had a host of recommendations for what career... Man, I must have been working in that room for a while, man. My hair is all greasy and everything. Office. Remember, this was this is a really um,
1: technically it was strange because this was if one time we did an interview we always use this 9.5 lens which was a really yeah, wide angle and this um, I remember was the only interview in the movie w- that was handheld where we used a, a 25 millimeter lens which was a, a closer a closer
2: lens. Yeah, I'm glad I never quit this film though, man, because uh, you gotta get it done. man. What's the relationship between your It's over by your house, actually, Mike. Yeah, that's Mike. where
3: I live now, right oh, in that area.
2: I never. They never got along. I mean, since I was around.
3: That's uh Silver Spring in Milwaukee, Silver Spring Street in Milwaukee.
2: Yeah, that's in the city. You keep going west on Silver Spring, you get out into the beautiful area. countryside.
3: This is what we had
1: rolls and rolls of this. Of this drive of mark driving down it and us and him talking and just shots out the window and spring summer winter night day
0: yeah all in all we had 70 hours of footage yep. 105 hours of audio as we said before we we're just going full-time wherever mark went we went
2: <laughs> yeah and this woods right here pike lake is beautiful that's um about 40 minutes outside of milwaukee and uh, we go there for walks we there's a restaurant we go out to eat to a lot and it's just beautiful out there that's why i could never handle living in the city 24 hours a day
0: chris brought up brought up a good contradiction in this scene
1: yeah the you're out here trying to get this winter exterior and, and it doesn't work cuz there's no birds but in the summer you said it's winter and we got to cover up the windows so so you don't hear <laughs> the birds yeah that is wild <laughs> Again, yeah. though, that's like typical of, of it happened in our production the same way. Things just keep, you know, you're, you're trying to figure this stuff out as you go along, and then you, you make these assumptions, and then things, you know, you learn the entire time. How you doing?
2: He said, who else is here? Yeah. That's you, Mike. Tell him we have to do it now. I'm getting my ma on the other end of the phone to convince Bill, man, to do this uh, additional dialogue recording. Okay, thanks a lot, ma. We'll see you around one. Yep. Bye bye. Okay, I gotta we gotta do one line uh, for the film. No one can hear you say it's all right. It's okay. There's something to live for. Jesus told me so. When am I gonna
8: gonna eat my dinner?
2: here? <laughs> can you give him some? It's so one shot where from? you can actually see a boom in yeah. there. Yeah. So we can record this this one bit of dialogue. Oh, I still have that painting, man, right there. I'm gonna frame that. Bill made that. Mike, what the hell was that sausage? That was like
3: some. Uh, Polish sausage or Italian
2: sausage or something.
0: Get him a soda, Mike. So why were you doing this, Mark? Why were you capturing the audio? Okay, because what had
2: happened was that when we shot this scene initially with Bill in the pickup truck, we had a camera truck in the pickup truck, and there was so much noise going on, you couldn't really hear Bill's dialogue, so I had to re-record it. It's the f- opening scene of the film, and it has to be clear, much clearer than it was the live sound.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> I don't think Bill Bill was too down with this cause um, right now. It's all right. Uh, Okay, cut. All right, man. Shit. you got to give it some passion, too, man. I wonder what the hell Bill was thinking this whole time. It's okay. There's something to live for. Uh, Jesus, And
1: that was your TCD mark.
2: Yeah, in fact, uh, it doesn't work anymore because I was so tired one time it just... I knocked it over a little slightly and just went right on the floor and stopped. Jesus
1: told me so. But Mark recorded all the sound on on cassette.
2: Yep, yep. with a sync sound cassette. It's all right.
1: And then we were
0: using a adapt machine.
2: Okay, okay, cut. you got to bring passion to
6: it.
0: The boom that he's using is one that I had used for a while until we got a new boom. And isn't this where we were running out of film too at the end?
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is well, we, <laughs> there's, there's no way we could have predicted Mark was gonna be doing thirty two takes. So around take sixteen we really like started just trying to guess when it was gonna end and luckily we were we got we got that I think take thirty
2: two. Yeah, I think we went uh I know there was I think there was more than thirty two takes still. So it's I'm hard,
0: not sh- yeah, because you wanna keep filming because you don't want to miss anything and yet you're about to run out of film. You wanna pick your
1: yeah, it was really hard. Scenes, it's like you it's had difficult. To, you had to guess. Again, it was another case where we were running out of film. So many of these scenes are, are, were like that, but it was, you know, as a, it, you wanted to catch the last take, but you never knew when it was going to happen.
0: That's why we kept the audio running, though. Right. It's all
2: right. It's okay. Uh, okay, that's fine. you got to watch your teeth, too, because they clack a little bit when they loosen up in the mouth. And take Hell yeah! One time, I think my mom got really mad at Bill because Bill put his teeth like in her drinking glass or something. Man, something messed up like that.
8: Jesus told me so.
2: I always thought
1: this was... i never even thought about it at the time. But we were recording Bill at the same time, and even though you had done it, it was too loud that we could have just given you our track. That's right. But I, it just was That's one not of those. part things. of the. <laughs> but it really—it wasn't that we didn't—that we didn't want to give you the material. It just was there was this accepted. Um,
0: separation separation
1: it wasn't even an option it was like you had to get your material and
0: and we had our material in there
1: but i didn't even think i didn't even realize that until the editing did you think about that ever
2: no i guess not man i kept uh, trying to get takes there chris (laughs) (laughs) it's not like we knew at the time
3: and it's like the whole room is just filled with this is where uh, i tell a story about how i almost died from four dollars worth of acid my ex-girlfriend laura but uh, one of her friends got me this acid and he said if it wasn't for the downer that was on the blotter paper, I would have been dead. Is there anything in the story that we don't hear? Uh, I don't think so. I think I tell the whole story. It's just like like, uh, I was planning on getting some pot and uh, Laura's friend said he could get me some pot and he asked me if uh, I'd rather have acid and that uh, he, that his friends made it in their house, you know, so I said, sure. He thought it would be a good idea for me to get acid because he said it advances you faster. And uh, so I said, sure, I'll take the acid, and then, like, 12 hours later, I woke up in the hospital, you know, and found out I almost died, you know.
2: So you got a second chance.
3: Yeah, I was only about 16 there. I could have been dead from $4 worth of acid.
2: You got God looking after you or yeah, something? Yeah, I guess.
3: Checking my pockets for the acid, which they analyzed one hit. It turned out to be a uh, blotter of paper dipped in... Hey Mike, like can you the tell the deer story? Oh, yeah. One time uh, I was uh, cutting through the woods to get home at night, and I heard something behind me, roughly in the grass, and I looked behind me, and there was a deer following me about 10 feet behind me. And I turned around, and I sat down on the grass... And at the same time, the deer sat down on the grass right in front of me, about 10 feet in front of me, and we were sitting there staring at each other for about 5 or 10 minutes, and then I got up to walk back home, and at the same time, the deer got up and walked back into the opposite, and back into the woods. And the ironic thing is that the next morning, we had uh, three deer on our front door, and the weird thing about it is the deer walked the opposite direction of my house when I left the deer, and then next morning, somehow, him and two other deer found my home, and they were all on our front lawn. My mom called, uh, she called, uh, the place is called Havenwoods, she called Havenwoods and told them that we had some deer on our front lawn, and they just said that they were their deer and that they'd find their way home. <laughs> um, I'll,
1: I'll try and, and didn't you have venison? <laughs>
3: Yeah, then I always felt bad about eating... Well, Sarah doesn't eat meat, and I always felt bad about eating venison after that because I figured it would be like eating one of my friends, you know.
7: Oh, no, that damn liquor
2: store again.
7: It's almost like the day before Christmas. That's right.
2: Oh, gosh. Look at that. Right first play. That's it. Game's over.
4: <laughs> to I don't brother. want to take no phone calls <laughs>
2: That cracks me up Can you describe the dynamic that was Yeah I mean here I was it's in the kitchen funny. Having this great party with myself And those dudes are in the living room All stoic in that Oh I'm going to go work at a d- I'm going to work in a factory Oh yeah that's cool man We're going to drill holes <laughs> together <laughs> Here man yeah. come on in Oh when you're drilling holes in a factory It ain't that funny man yeah. I-
3: Hi Hey, did up. Up. Yeah. Did Somebody did you know what? Yeah, I won $200 today. Man. What
2: are you going to do with that 200 bucks? I
3: don't know. I gave 100 to my dad, and I got 65 at home in my room, and I got 20 in my wallet. So if you can think of something we can spend 20 bucks on, maybe we can What do we can spend it. 20
2: bucks on? <laughs> Bought four pictures at Jim Mitchell's.
3: My mom had actually asked me to keep most of that $200 at home when I went to Mark's because she feared that she didn't want Mark borrowing money for from me to buy beer. Yeah,
2: that's what
4: we are going to see now. We're going to Jim Mitchell's. The, are you yes, kidding? I'm not going to any bar.
2: Well, maybe this scene isn't as dark as I thought it was, but uh, I don't think I'm going to behave like that anymore in my parents' kitchen.
4: I'm not sure
2: taking you to any bar. Do he's gonna, he's gonna you have any memory of this, Mark? No, not at all, really. Just I remember it real vividly. What do you remember?
3: I remember that you wanted to—you were pretty drunk, and you wanted to keep drinking. And the Packers had just won the Super Bowl, and uh, you wanted to go to Jim Mitchell's and have more beer. And your mom was, of course, against it, and you just were, like. You were really drunk and you were extremely determined to go to Jim Mitchell's and uh, get get more beer.
4: Oh,
2: well, I never made it.
4: And every
2: bitch-ass motherfucking factory worker is gonna go down like that too, bitch motherfucker.
0: Yeah, my dad don't like swearing, man. So we always say that you're sort of addressing the like
2: that. the
0: rest of the world a little bit, or you're I trying to address like people who are you know, trying like to... Put you in a in a pigeonhole you in some There sense. you
2: go, Sarah. Yeah, I mean... What is it in your words? What I'm saying is, look, man, I want to do something with my life, and all of these other people are saying, nah, you should just get a job in the factory, and that's like throwing your life away, and I just was responding to that. No, if you work in a factory and are having a great time, then you're you're better off than I am. Then then that's great, but I just don't want to do it. Sunrise to One sunset.
1: thing that I always thought was wasn't quite addressed in the film, it was just that from the Super Bowl scene to the end of the movie, Mark pretty much quit drinking.
2: Oh, I stopped cold turkey from the Super Bowl to the Academy Awards, not a drop.
1: And then from the Academy Awards to the to the end of Coven, it was
2: pretty much like two or three times. Well, you know more than I do on that. I can't remember that.
7: And every time we got together, there was something that seemed to, to go wrong or did not go as planned. And he always seemed to forge ahead and go through with the project. And I think that's the best... Uh, the best thing that I can say about his character, he's
2: indomitable. And I'll say take two, give it a couple seconds and you're burning in fucking hell. Move up a little bit, Robert. Okay, cool. And take two.
7: <laughs>
2: yeah, Robert's a great dinner conversationalist. He's cool.
0: What was this scream used in?
2: That's for the radio show. It's my favorite scene right here. a couple seconds, take one. <laughs> Oh, wow, that does trip me out, Mike. That was wicked, man. <laughs> Robert. Oh. Okay. Man, oh man, oh man. Wow, this is really kinda cool right here, seeing myself because it seems like I'm a bit relieved. Like that the production is like coming to a to a close here, eh, Chris?
1: Yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, I think once we hit spring, it's the, you can really feel the home stretch. Yeah, you might still keep the jacket on for a few, definitely. I think one thing that, you know, for Sarah and I, that was, not only was the schedule so intense, but um, we weren't, since we weren't able to develop the film, we, we really had no idea what we were getting as we were going along. It was just really going, going on instincts at, at that point.
6: new faces, I mean, really new faces. Who are you people?
0: This is one of the rare downtimes that you had during that whole time to watch the Academy Awards.
2: Yeah, that cools. It looks like a very warm, comfortable scene. And here I'm back in Menominee Park recording sound for me getting dragged through the swamp. My daughter Dawn helping out right there, too.
3: Right, for the original scene where he drags Mark through the swamp, we actually dragged him through the swamp like over 20 times, 20 or 30 times to get the take for it, for that scene.
2: And actually, this guy right here was also in the Northwestern footage in the junkyard right there, and most people don't catch on to that.
8: Somebody made that
2: up, you know? Oh, it's Bill's birthday.
4: It's birthday. Happy birthday, William.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? It
8: doesn't <laughs> do much for me. Mm. You look at Bill today, he was a scholar at one time, you know, but he really was. And I always looked up to him as a brother, like he had an answer for everything. I mean, I, I was, always
1: liked this scene because I felt like it really showed. Word seems like your sense of humor that that you and
2: Bill had was, I don't know, it seemed
0: that you shared.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I liked hanging around with him. He was cool, and I loved eating at this restaurant, man.
1: What are some of the influences that helped shape? So this was actually done right at the end of end of filming.
2: This is really kind of neat to see, because after going through all those trials and tribulations of making the film, all those up and downs, to see this guy here, myself, just at the home stretch, man, that's great. But I liked what you were talking about in
1: this interview, is that, you know, the environment that you grew up in was was about as close to the Wild West as you can get in, in present-day America.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. And that's why um, I should have kept filming this stuff here with Northwestern, man, I and I'm still going to capture that, but what was Northwestern supposed to be? It was supposed to be about it is about this writer drinking in a junkyard um having to get out of it and get his American dream. That's what it's about, Chris and about the culture that embryo that he's in Just
6: sitting there, and my dad came over, yeah, pops, we need more beer, so he went and procured us some beer. <laughs> Uh came back and he, you know, drank a couple beers with us, all of a sudden, it was Mark's parents pulled up. <laughs> ah! My, my dad immediately flanked around the, uh, the garage and you know, cut through the back, he was out of there right away, didn't want nothing to do, it. he knew what was going on, you know.
1: What do you think of Ken Keene?
4: He's a bad influence, and Mark is a bad influence for Kenny. Those two shouldn't fit together
6: with the parents, you know, it's Kenny Keene's fault, you know, he twisted your arm with the other parents too, you know, and that's all bullshit because, you know, I, I you know, as far as, pe- I think peer pressure is bullshit.
8: Where are we headed, Mark?
2: We're headed to jail to pick up Kenny. He'll be happy as hell. He's only, he's out in two minutes, man.
1: And how did they get him?
2: They were inside the house and all of a sudden, his, him and his ma, the lights went off and, uh, and they went downstairs to check the fuse box, and the boys were right there waiting on them. Who are the boys? The detectives. They got him. Definitely. Now it's 10:04. There's the boy. There he is. Yep.
3: Now you gotta fit him in the car. Oh yeah.
0: This is when you guys were picking hey Kenny, up what's Kenny. Up?
3: <laughs> oh, i sure we got enough people.
6: Yeah. Involved? When Where he says that
1: there are enough people involved, he's talking uh, about like me and stuff stuff Sarah. were taking up the back all seat with the camera right. and the sound equipment. If you look really closely, you can see my hand holding the uh, back seat as I'm trying to balance myself. Whoa, 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 whoa. And then, whoa, whoa, whoa. The as Mike moves oh, over, his foot hits the <laughs> gas pedal, and fuck, you know, it takes off.
0: This is entering into the home stretch, where this was sort of chaotic filming. Those guys were staying up all the time, staying up overnight, working, working. Chris and I had to do the same thing. Again, we weren't able to watch what we had because we didn't—we never processed the film until after we were done shooting and we couldn't listen to what we had because there was no time so we were all pretty much running running on empty
3: right and we got uh... we got coven finally edited five hours before it was due to uh... play at the times theater
1: and what a lot of people don't understand in this film is that you know in, in a normal production you, you would need this time to get it sent to the lab and, and get it developed but what what Where Mark was working, they could develop reversal right down the street. And so the university that he was working at, they had this ability. They had a processor for 16-millimeter black-and-white reversal. And so, Mark, they were able to work right up into the deadline, make the print, and actually get it developed within, like, an hour or two and actually
2: get it back for the screening. As
3: soon as I wake up tomorrow, Mark, I'll be back. Yeah,
2: and this also was some of the darkest periods of my life where uh, I just thought that... uh, uh, the film wasn't going to be done on time, and it, it was a whole disaster, man. Um, when you swing here, swing in the middle. This, this is the last one. This is this is the last one we got, man. Hold up, man. Where's so this? is back at, at the end? junkyard where you were shooting Northwestern. Yep. Um, years and years and years ago. Action. Yeah,
3: I kept hitting that thing, and it just Action. wouldn't break.
2: <laughs> Take fourteen. Action. Sure.
3: I'm hitting it as hard as I can. It's
2: okay, there's one other thing. Mike, come down here real quick. i got to get the headlights. Knock
3: out... Uh... The
1: other thing is while they were editing, it was, it was, that was one of the most difficult periods for Sarah and I because it was, it was, for the most time, it was really boring just because it was people sitting at, at flatbeds or rewinds and not doing anything. But whenever we wouldn't be there, something would happen. And so what we, we ended up finding out is that we just had to hang out for hours and hours and hours just in case... On the off chance something would happen, you know there was a, a, a few, you know, a few exciting things, but there were so few and far between. But again, it's our job to capture what was happening. We felt we felt an obligation to try to be there as much as we could,
0: and especially without getting in the way of Mark and what right. he was trying to do.
2: But you guys were sleeping down there, pretty full time at that. Yeah, yeah, we were living down there. We even had a thing to cook with and all of that stuff.
0: I think I saw you made macaroni and cheese and a a little hot plate or something Yeah yeah
2: yeah all of that stuff man You have a couple rusty cars parked right Yeah this is what I can't wait to uh see when I get back home again man is all of this stuff right here this stuff really exists man These guys are decaying you know and that's what it's all about Is this a
1: landscape that you want to try to capture No that I am going to capture
2: within that is the warmth of the soul. It's going to be and cool. Like and, yeah. and this is when you
1: were location scouting with your mom. You got it. And they were just—they would drive around, and so we just went with them this one day when Mark would drive around with his mom, they'd take pictures of all these different locations. So then this is back at the cemetery six months later, and pretty self-explanatory, but just showing the seasons changed. This is actually probably my favorite scene in the film, just, just this the way the music and everything combines here, and especially on film, this is so pretty.
2: I just want to add that, like, driving around with my ma, the the idea behind that is like hanging out with Mike. They're both mellow people, and they don't try to get you into situations or make demands. They allow you to uh, do whatever you want, and then you still have, like, companionship, man. So that's that's why I uh, feel comfortable with that. Make sure we don't lock anyone in. Yeah, man, I went through a bunch of jobs, man. The factory, the farm, cemetery, all of that stuff. Over here, there's a river and... All to wind up absolutely nowhere.
7: This has been going on now, literally, for three years. A Thursday night's opening... Will be just 10 days shy of three years. But through all of this... Three years doesn't
0: seem like a long time, but it does. I mean, at the
7: time. <laughs> when <laughs> the you're time, living
0: I'm it, learning. does. Yeah.
2: Hey, Mike, that's you skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, that's that kid
3: if I could you know I try a skateboard. And they were always just hanging out. It's the type of
1: thing that they were. you edit in the basement right down there in those windows that are all blacked out. And it uh, just was, you had to get air Yeah. And so they'd come up here
2: yeah. Mike, Mike, dude, the flyers, man. Oh
3: yeah, that's right.
2: They hey, no. Well, dude, where are you walking? I mean, we got I'm
3: walking fl- in there to hang around strategically.
2: Well, <laughs> you need flyers, man.
3: I know, that's why I'm asking you for them.
2: No, that's why I'm giving you them. All right, now listen, dude. So you and Matt, man, make it it's look Matt good, who, make it look at
0: sharp. The I of the film was it. the casting director for for Northwestern, and now he's back to help put up the flyers.
1: And actually, Matt was down there working on his film while Mark was editing. We filmed, we'd filmed him doing the production, but we also filmed him down there editing. But it just was, again, another tangent that just didn't quite make it.
2: Yeah, Mike, on top I still question what, what happened? You guys just put the flyers down on the papers, or what?
3: We put them on, we, I guess we put the flyers on so some papers. Some and uh, some guy, like he's saying, came in to replace the newspapers that we set the flyers on top of. And he took all our flyers along with the
2: newspapers. I mean, well, what do you think about that? I mean, that's crazy. Well, that's
3: the way it happened, though.
2: Did you guys make any effort to retrieve those flyers?
3: We couldn't. We didn't know where the guy was, you know.
0: It happened when they weren't looking. It, happened,
3: it just happened real fast.
1: The funny thing is, we didn't even
3: see it happen.
0: No, we were out following them around. <laughs> In
2: the process of taking down over 1,400 flags...
1: Yeah, visually this was, you couldn't ask for anything more than this. It's like, how many
2: flags? Yeah, about 1,400, 1,500, man, there was a lot. I was called to the bathroom at the cemetery to take care of something. I walked in the bathroom, and in the middle toilet right there... Oh, yeah, just to supplement this in the the Army, man, I had to clean up somebody's puke, man, off the toilet. They shat on the walls, they shat on the floor... I had to clean it up, man, but before that, for about 10 to 15 seconds, man, I just stared at somebody's shit, man. To be totally honest with you, man, it was a really, really profound moment. So I was thinking, I'm 30 years old. Anyway,
1: so the, um, back to the, our editing schedule, basically, when we, when we got the film finished shooting, we got everything developed and pretty much spent two years editing, and basically what that consisted of was something like that last day at the cemetery we'd make a sequence out of it. We divided the whole movie into these sequences and then put them in chronological order and then just tried to shape it until it got until it started becoming the movie that you see here.
0: That took two years.
1: But again, it's like once those sequences were all lined up, it was around four hours of material, and then it was really just starting to take things out that felt repetitive or redundant, but there were there was also a lot of great footage. It just didn't work with the thrust of the of the narrative, and so that stuff got, you know, pushed out. But again, hopefully it'll be included on the DVD or on the Internet, or it will find a home somewhere. And that was actually one of my, I think, favorite shots, cinematic, you know, just the way that it looks. It was a it was a, a, a close lens, and it was a really shallow depth of field, and I always thought that looked really great.
0: Disaster happened, so now I'm just... Mark, you should go into this just a little bit more to explain that you were sort of A B rolling you're, you're, you yeah. found that your your film that you shot was its original This the, was
2: the original negative.
1: This yeah. was
0: a
2: completely completely critical disaster because I was using we what we are doing now is getting ready to cut the original film and that precisely has to be cut frame by frame and someone cut off one frame from each shot and that would have threw the soundtrack. It would it, a complete disaster. I mean, this is critical. It's it's not. So I'd end up having to tape splice some shots, which is something you don't want to do. It, man, I just felt my world crash down when I heard that news.
1: And I think we showed up like a like 20 minutes after it had happened, and they're like, oh man, you should talk to Mark. No, no, no. And this this like most of the interviews was done right at the end, just because it was at a point where. It was the final interviews, and uh, and I think everybody, it was just our, our way of, of having a, some closure to everything, where we let everybody say their final comments. Um, but that goes for the interview there with the kids, with um, Mark's brother, Chris, and, uh, and with his dad.
0: A lot of the interviews that are sort of interwoven.
1: We're kind of them. done in hindsight, just right. so that, kind of looking back on the whole process. And that was the room that
6: you guys slept in a lot. Oh, yeah. It'll be done in about less than an hour. And,
0: uh, so I, will be I don't think we lit any of these rooms, did we? We, For the most no. part, we were falling from room to room
1: right, we, using uh,
0: natural lighting.
1: Well, this was like all fluorescent lighting, so we just went with what was there just because originally, I think on the first time we filmed in the editing room, we actually tried to light it, but the amount of time that that took just would have been prohibitive for us to actually f- film the way that we were filming. and So after that point, we just, we just went with what was there. And like in scenes like this, I remember... You know, there were these little
0: track, lighting, track
1: yeah. lights, and so we just jumped up on a table and aimed them at them. But a lot of times it was really using available light or using the light that was that was in the immediate vicinity and trying to use that to our advantage or as best as we could.
0: This was a great turnout on the COVID premiere. Um, it was sold out. They had to turn 75 people away.
1: Yeah, it was like a 400-seat theater, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I was really tired and a little bit tipsy here, so I was just really out of it.
1: Well, you had been up for how long at that point?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, actually, I was working from 10 in the morning till 4 in the morning uh, just to uh, cut 900 shots together. It was nuts.
0: There I am. (laughs) So I was recording and doing boom and the whole time, and Chris is filming.
2: Yeah, I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't even know what that was doing in my mouth. Those are tickets that you're selling now. Dude, I was wondering. <laughs> Dude, I was wondering. Well, you happy now?
0: Bill we wasn't feeling too good at that time. time.
2: No, nope, he's toward the end of his road.
7: When, when, when I hear the projector rolling and I see Coven on the screen.
1: Yeah. It was nice to see everybody come together, though, here. His mother came and Kenny's parents came. and Yep. Yeah, that was great. What did your mom think of Coven, Mike?
3: Uh, my mom just didn't like the swearing in it. She, uh, she liked the movie, but she just didn't like the swearing in it.
2: But don't your mom swear?
3: Yeah, my mom swears up a storm, actually.
0: Yeah. This, we always love the beginning, because in the beginning of our film, you're talking about the scarecrows and the sound, wow, and then here's where you actually get to see it. What did Bill think about his name being last? <laughs> I,
2: no, I don't know if he even had any comment on it. No, but he did. He, he did. said, uh, he was, Mark
1: was like, he, did you like seeing your name up there? And Bill was He, he was like, yeah, but it was last. <laughs> <And> he, <laughs> he thought that was the least, the least important.
0: He said, that's where the most important name goes, man. <laughs> it's okay. something
8: to live for. Jesus
7: told me so. How's the writing going?
2: How's it going? It's going fine. Is it? Hey, did I stutter me and I said it's coming along fine?
1: So, this was actually really kind of a difficult thing to cut down because we didn't want it to play like a trailer, but we didn't want it to, 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 to confuse people and make them think that this was the entire film. So, um, I just felt like, you know, I just felt like this was a good representation of all the different scenes that Mark had filmed. And hopefully would get people interested to see what Coven was, but also, you know, that it showed some talent in the way that the images were put together and, and composed and everything. Well, thank you, Chris and Sarah. What did you think of this sequence, Mark?
2: I thought it was pretty good. I would have edit, edited it slightly different, but um, each to his own, right? But yeah. you, you did a good job, you guys.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It, again, it's like we were it, it, during the editing process. We were really kind of separate. You were doing your thing out, and we were working so much, we were working you know 16 hour days on editing and uh, and in hindsight, I think it would have been I remember showing it to you and getting and getting your approval on it, but at the same time it would have been something that would have been probably better to to to, have, to work on together.
0: This we hired a spotlight for our own purposes to shine it on the front because we wanted it to be we didn't quite know how to light this whole theater. And, it was uh, extremely dark. Extremely dark, so we had a, a spotlight so we could get some light. I was down in front trying to yeah, get you can, sound.
1: You can see Sarah's boom on the bottom left-hand <laughs> corner of the screen.
0: But I had a, a mic on him doing the boom and a mic on in the crowd. Two cameras, too.
1: I think she stands up right here. At the <laughs> well, I never saw that before. I don't know that either. Yeah, I see it every time. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just,
0: I had to go up and clap. Right, right. It's for, for both cameras for, as our sync point.
1: Right. No, it doesn't bother me. It's something I noticed because <laughs> yeah. it's the only thing moving in the frame. So, this was after, this is right at the very end, too, where we took Mike to the zoo. I hope
4: All the best for Mark. He works hard and he has a lot of dreams. And I hope they come through.
0: I hate seeing those mics, but sometimes your mom just. Was starting to talk, we just had to put something on her.
8: Accomplished, whatever. God told me so.
1: So this was the last. This was right near yourself? the end as well. It was like you know we did these last interviews, and this this was the last so, are you trip ready to make Bill's. The
8: next
2: movie? Mm-hmm. Sure, good. Forty to fifty grand. Well, I'm yeah, glad you, you uh, captured this you. on film because I think that's a you cool know, moment,
8: Andrew? man. my dreams. What dreams are that? Is that? What's your American dream? I don't have any dreams anymore. Yeah, we always felt like
0: this scene was... You can't stop. No, Bill sort you can't of channeling no, something in, and as Chris used to well, always say, that it's, he's telling you how to live, live, live. a life. Yeah, that's cool.
8: Well, you're gonna sit
1: a green... Well, not this in particular, but the one that mm-hmm. comes up.
0: Yeah. Man,
1: no, I remember this was the only time in, the, in watching the entire amount of raw footage that had actually kind of knocked me off my feet was not this right here, but just when Bill goes into this final soliloquy of, it really, it really, it was the only time that I really got emotionally set back in the sense that I, you know, I remembered so much of what we shot, but I really didn't remember, this didn't stick out to me the way that it does now. And I remember just kind of tearing up and just because I hadn't, you know, we'd already gone to Bill's funeral at this point. It was, uh, maybe a, maybe like a week or two after, after the funeral. And then hearing this, it just kind of, it gave it a whole different meaning to me.
8: As long as you can. Heaven help you. God help you. Jesus help you. Everybody else help you. Everybody, everybody make happy. Make everybody happy, be a community. a pretty great
0: philosophy,
1: though.
2: <laughs> yep, it's cool.
1: <laughs> this is another nice thing, it's that after when Bill died, I think everybody that was involved in the film, including Sarah, myself, and, and everyone that was in it, Showed up at the funeral and it was just, it was it really felt like the the I mean not to, not in a bad way but it was it was the end of it really felt like it gave it a sense of closure where we all got to remember Bill but also get together one last time before we that was right when we were starting to edit.
2: Yeah, if you think about it, there are a lot of kind of what could be termed as mythological things going on as you as you watch this.
1: I do I think that it, we we caught you at a pretty amazing time if you you know 2 years earlier you were kind of not getting that much done and, and 2 years later you would have been you know Bill would have been passed on and that whole relationship wouldn't have been there so
2: yeah people of, who have helped with the film especially like with my film and that too I just got to say thanks because it's uh, thanks also to their perseverance and sticking with it that really made a uh, coven work
1: and same on our end it's you know with especially with an yeah, independent of, film you have so many people that that are helping with uh, you know there isn't it isn't the type of thing where you're paying people as you go along it's just everybody's getting involved because they want to help you out but we had so many I mean, It was primarily myself and Sarah for the for the shooting of the film, but in editing there was, I think, seven of us involved,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which you see listed there. There was uh, at
0: various times
1: at various yeah. times there were people that helped that helped do some boom and and everything is.
3: Uh, I mean, there's no way we could have done it alone. Yeah, it's really neat too. I never knew who Mr. Bojangles was, either, until Mark took me to a film that had Mr. Bojangles in it. I found out he's this black dude that tap dance, you know, which is cool with me, because it's like I had been playing this song ever since I was like 10 years old, you know.
0: Thanks to everybody who helped on the film. That's what these credits are for.
3: Thanks to Chris and Sarah for making the film.
2: Yeah, thanks to them and and, uh, Uncle Bill and everybody else who helped along, man. And thanks to Mark's family and friends
1: for letting us in their lives for two years.
8: Right across the cell He grabbed his pants, took a better stance Jumped up high That's when he clicked his heels
6: and he let go a
8: laugh. Thought he let go a laugh. Shook back his clothes all around. That was Mr. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. The